0: Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you for this night, this evening. That you've allowed us to be here. We thank you for those who are online watching. Thank you for those in the pews that are praying. We pray, oh God, that you get all the glory and all the praise. We pray, Lord, that you would be lifted high on tonight. We pray, Lord, that you would increase as I decrease. We ask, oh God, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would convict, convince, and change someone's heart tonight. We ask, oh God, that your gospel go forth in power Equip us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to not uh, be callous nor turned off by the simplicity of your word. Help us to apply it in, the, in our lives everywhere in which, which we need to grow, Father. We thank you right now, what you're going to do and have done in our lives. Lord, continue to uh, use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well... Tonight, it's, uh, it's Time to Decide. That's the title of the message. It's Time to Decide. So if you brought your Bibles, please turn with me to Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 through 15. And actually, we're going to use Joshua 24, uh, verses 14 and 15 is actually like the springboard of the message. But really, we're going to uh, talk mostly about the chapter uh, in detail in, in some respects. Amen. Amen. All right. And it reads now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods... Which your father served that were on the other side of the flood are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How befitting on this nationally recognized holiday to entitle this message. It's time to decide. As we think of the countless men and women who have signed up to serve in the military and who are willing to sacrifice their lives on behalf of others, we should be thankful. If we would be honest, there is no amount of money that could ever be given that would measure a decision such as that. On behalf of the body of believers, we want to thank every military veteran that currently serves and has served. We say thank you. Thank you. And we say thank you. Let's dive into the text. I won't be long. Uh, I hope it's jam-packed with so much in it. I hope we gain something from the word of God tonight to apply to our lives. When we turn on the television, when we turn on the radio or when we look on the Internet, we have all been eyewitnesses of the country's unrest and civil unrest. We are living in unparalleled times. Hopefully we can, we have been watching and praying and our heads are not buried in the sand or under the covers in our beds. Hopefully we've been paying attention, we've been Prayerfully watching, watching and praying, anticipating what God is going to do next. We should not lose hope. We should have full confidence that God is in control. No matter who is in the White House, God is on the throne. Whether we realize it or not, the line has been drawn. It's been drawn. It's it's separating families and friends and countrymen and it's separating this world. It's a line that has been drawn from the beginning of time. Tonight, I hope to share with you what that line is that has been drawn. The line simply that has been drawn is it's time to decide. You can't be on the fence. You can't waver. You got to take a stand. You have to decide what side you're going to be on. It's my hope and prayer in today's message that we see the urgency from the scriptures to decide. Joshua calls a family meeting. Let's break this down, what he, what he does. In chapter 23... We are told that at the time of this meeting that Joshua is well stricken in years or in other words he's getting old on his way to check out of here. Everybody got that? He's old. He didn't fought plenty of battles. He didn't seen had war scars. He he didn't went through a lot of things but toward the end of his life he has something to say of value to his family, to his community, to this nation of people. Check it out. His body might have been worn down, but his mind has been kept by the Lord. That's good news for someone Many times when people get older, their mind starts to diminish, but his mind was kept by the Lord, sharp as a tack. His body was worn on the outside, but his conviction, his mind was made up. That's good news for us. So many of us, we fall off the wagon. We fall off and stop serving the Lord when we get older. But Joshua, he stopped by here. He's telling us in the text that even as an older man, I've decided to follow the Lord. He's decided to make a decision that is life changing and eternally changing. Joshua, under the Lord's leading, decides to discuss some urgent family matters That's on his heart. I like this man because he doesn't shy away from some what some might call the elephant in the room. He doesn't shy away from the truth that's in the pudding. Joshua is not afraid to share all the baggage and blemishes of his family life. Let's check the record. I'm in the Bible. This man is not concerned about popularity or politics. He's only concerned with pleasing the Lord. With pleasing the Lord. And I need to stop there parenthetically because many of us are shy from sharing things with family members because we don't want to offend nobody. We should take a stand. We should decide. We should make a decision. Joshua, I like this about his character is that, you know, he grew to this. He didn't always have this demeanor or this stance or this conviction. If you read in the beginning books, in the beginning chapters of Joshua, God encouraged him, don't be discouraged. Be not dismayed, be of good courage. Why? God mentioned several times for him to be of good courage because he lacked courage. But as God developed him in his walk with the Lord, we see him here in his latter days He's addressing a family issue. He's addressing something that is on his heart that can affect generations to come. Even after he's gone. I don't know about you, but my mama used to say, whatever happens in this house stays in this house. You know, my mama didn't want the neighbors and and everybody to know you know, what bad was going on in the house. So she made sure we was under the fear that we was going to get it. If we shared anything outside the house that was going on inside the house. Well, I'm glad that Joshua is not worried about what happened in his past family history. Here today, he shares with us some things that you may be appalled or shocked, but He shares the naked truth in order to help this nation learn something from the past. Joshua is not worried at all. He's not worried about the past that could be a blessing to someone's future. Many of us are, are afraid to share our past with, where God has brought us out of darkness into the marvelous light. We are ashamed of where God has brought us, but we should not be ashamed. We should share with our our young people, with our children, where God, if you used to be a whore, you need to share that. If you used to be a thief, you need to share that. Why? We need to share the truth to our children and the next generation so that they won't make the what? Same mistakes that we made. So Joshua, he shares the naked truth with the nation Joshua is from the old school. I like that. Joshua sees the importance of such a meeting, such a family meeting. You know when you have a family meeting, you should be able to just just lay it all out on the carpet. Pull every punch. A hook, a uppercut, a jab. Give it to him in love. Amen. It's tired, ty- you know, God is tired of of leaders and that are so fickle and so afraid to tell the truth, to speak the truth in love. But Joshua, this man, he grew in the Lord. He grew in his relationship to the Lord, with the Lord, to be courageous, to not be afraid to share something pertinent to the family. It comes from a place of care. It comes from a place of concern, like any leader of the family should do. All leaders of the family, whether mama or daddy, grandpappy or grandmama, need to be bold enough to share, to speak the truth in love and not be afraid. We as Christians, we should not be afraid to speak the truth in love, to take a stand, to make a decision. It's an urgent call. Joshua calls all the people. He calls the leadership he calls everyone, he calls the old, he calls the young, he calls the congregation, and he even calls those who are in charge. He calls everybody to the carpet. He said, I got something for, for you to know, something to tell you guys. This call is a call to the side. In this chapter, we see there is, if you, if you, for you note takers, number one, There's a reminder. Joshua goes, he reminds them of something. And then secondly, there's a request that is made. Thirdly, there's a reception. And fourthly, there is rejection. Joshua reminds them of how their ancestors or fathers were idol worshipers from the beginning. If you don't believe me, let's check the record. You got your Bible still open, right? Look at what it says at verse 2. And Joshua said unto all the peoples, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in the old times, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. You see that? He is bringing to the forefront a reminder of where God brought them from. You know, a lot of people act like they had always had it going on. Well, I'll be the first one to say. I was a rebel. I was bad. I was a sinner. I was against God. I got an ugly past. All of us who come to Christ, we should have an ugly past. If you don't have an ugly past and you claim to be a Christian, you self-righteous. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all got an ugly past. Amen? So Joshua, he goes over four things that he want to share with them. He reminds them of some things. Joshua reminds them how their ancestors, their fathers, they serve idol gods. They were idol worshipers from the beginning. Joshua reminds the people of God's call to Abraham from a life of sin and idolatry to a life of service. And then he goes over, he says, I'm going to remind you what God has done. I'm going to remind you how God cared for our ancestors while they were enslaved in Egypt. These are important reminders. Why is Joshua reminding them of all these things? Because there's a group of individuals, of youth, that do not know. It's important for us who've been walking with the Lord to remind our family, our children, where God has brought us from. Even if they haven't seen it, we should share it. Just the other day, I I recall this one thing, testimony. Testimony. I was, for two and a half years, I was traveling back and forth from California to Arizona. My family moved out here, and I was away from my wife and children for two and a half years. Some of you guys know this, but I was on my way uh, in a truck, pickup truck. I picked up one of my cousins from South Central L.A., wanted to get him out the hood, bring him to Arizona so he can get away from the jar-by shootings and all the stabbings and all the craziness going on in, in L.A. So we head down on the highway we in california in palm desert and this wind tunnel comes by me this big rig truck drives by it the wind lifts up my truck i spin out roll my truck we get out the truck without a scratch on both of us by the grace of god you look at i'll show you the picture after the service by the grace of god when you look at this vehicle You would have thought the persons inside the vehicle would be dead. But I brought that up not to uh, bring up anything on me, but God's mercy and his grace. I get out the vehicle and there was a guy right behind me. He said, you all right? He said, man, you lucky. I said, no, that's not luck. That's the grace of God. See, God showed you a miracle right before your eyes just to let you know that God is real. And so what God did that day and and on and onward, I would take that picture and I would go into stores all across uh, L.A. Anywhere I went and I would ask people, I would probe them. I said, man, look at this picture. Do you believe that the person that got out of this vehicle? survived?" they said, oh, no, oh, no. And I said, do you believe in miracles? And he looked at me. I said, were well, you looking at a miracle? I was in this vehicle, my cousin and I, and God preserved us. God kept us. So the reason why I brought this up is because there are things in our lives that God has done for us. We need to remind our children where God has been faithfully towards us. He's kept us. He's been a blessing in our lives. He's blessed us beyond measure. If they, if they don't know, we, it's because we ain't telling them. God has done too much for us to be quiet, to not let them know. So Joshua, he reminds the people, back to the text, he reminds them of where God has brought them. He said, he, he, want, he, he want to remind them. He said, God delivered you, our ancestors, from the Egyptians by drowning them in the Red Sea. What a miracle. See, I brought that up in my own life because there are some miracles in each and every one of our lives. When you think about it, if you woke up this morning, that's a miracle. Amen. See, tomorrow's not promised to no one. Some of us are playing Russian roulette with our lives thinking that we got tomorrow. No, we got today. The very breath right now. Today serve the Lord. So Joshua he reminds the people where God has brought them from. And then he reminds them, he said, you know, God kept you while you was in the desert. When you had no water, God was your, was your water. And then he reminds them how he, God had protected them from all types of enemies on every side. And then God had prospered them even from the mouth of a false prophet, Balaam. Look in, look in chapter 24. He brings up so many things that God had. He's reminding them where God had brought him from, what God has done. Why? Why is he bringing them to remembrance? He's bringing them to remembrance because he's trying to take them somewhere. Where is he taking them? Let's look at verse 13. Look at this reminder. It says right here in the text. And I've given you land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and ye dwell in them, and vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not, and you still eat. Oh, wow. He reminds them how God had given them land they didn't labor for. he given them cities which they didn't build, vineyards and olive yards which they did not plant. In other words, God has given them possessions of land, property to live in, and lunch to eat. It's pretty simple. It's right there in the text. Amen. He tells them God has given them a beautiful countryside. He's given them cities and he's given them a luscious cuisine to dine from. He's all, all he's trying to tell them is God has given you possessions. He's given you property and he's provided produce for your appetite. And he's reminding them of all these things, these things that they need. You know, you need food, right? You need shelter, right? You need a place to stay. He's reminding them, don't take it for granted. Here we go. He's switching rules. This is what he does. He's trying to remind them to remember the benefits they have in God under his grace, under his protection, under his provision. Look at what he says. So Joshua reminds him what God has done. It's important as we, as older saints, to remind our families what God has done for us is very important. Very, very important of that fact. We must decide not to forget all his benefits. I'm in the text. Psalms 103, line 1 and 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. And then in line two, he says it again so you won't forget. And he says, forget in the line. Here we go. This is what he says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We need to bless the Lord at all times. Whether we got a job, don't got a job. Whether we got food or don't got food. Whether we got people on our side, don't have people on our side. Whether we struggle or don't struggle, we need to decide who we're going to serve. We need to decide who we're going to praise. We need, we need to decide who we're going to live for. This world, we can't, we can't be living by the world standard. Check it out. Joshua reminds these, these believers what God had done. What God has done in the past, present, and will, and what he will do in the future. He says, look, check it out, check it out. Let's look at what Joshua's request is. Verse 14 and 15. Let's look at the text. It says, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Verse 15, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, check this out. When we read these verses... This is what we see in these verses. It's three points in this verse. If you don't get nothing else out the message, get these three points right here. Number one, Joshua said, because of all of what God has done for us, then we should serve the Lord. Now, here go to three reasons why we should serve the Lord. Number one, we just if we decide to serve the Lord, this is what we got to do. Number one, we got to decide To fear the Lord. That's number one. We got to decide to fear the Lord. And then, not only do we have to decide to fear the Lord, right? We have to be faithful to the Lord. We have to decide to be faithful to the Lord. And then, the, the third thing he says, we have to be willing to forsake all strange God. It's right there in the text. Amen. Joshua says, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods of your fathers or put away the gods of your ancestors. The gods that enslaved them in Egypt are the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in. He's saying, put away the gods of the past and the present. Whatever gods you got going on, that ain't the capital G-O-D, put it away. And then he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, what convictions he had right there. Oh, what courage he has right there. How could he say that? Because God developed his faith because he was a faith walker. If we are to have convictions in the Lord, we got to walk by faith. We got to keep walking by faith when nobody else want to walk by faith. We got to walk by faith and not by sight. Many people are walking by sight not knowing that the God that's invisible is controlling it all. Not knowing that the God that they can't see, he is on the throne and is in control. He is a sovereign Lord. So Joshua, he's encouraging these believers If you're going to serve the Lord, if you're going to decide to serve the Lord, you should decide to serve him because he's kept us in the past. Not only you, but he kept our ancestors. You wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for your mama and your daddy. You know, some children, you know, they get on your last nerve. You 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 know what makes parents angry or upset at children? It's a spirit of ungratefulness. Amen? But not only parents, that grieves the Lord's heart. When we have a spirit of ungratefulness, you know what ungratefulness is gonna do? It would cause us to forget the Lord, to forsake the Lord, and to follow strange gods. That's what it does. When you when you when you are ungrateful, or when we are ungrateful unto the Lord, we forget God's benefits. We forget our blessings. We forget that we got health, we got strength in our bones. We forget that. That God has been gracious to us. Many of us, we need to really humble ourselves before the Lord and stop thinking that God owes us everything. He don't owe us nothing. I'm going to say that one more time. God doesn't owe us anything. Anything. So Joshua, he encouraged these people. He says, he says, this is his request. He says to the people, if you're going to decide to serve the Lord, there are three things you must do. I'm going to remind you. Number one. We must adhere to the standard. We must adhere to the standard. Number two, we must actively serve. And number three, we must abstain from strange gods. Adhere to the standard actively serve, abstain from strange gods. Look at what it says in the text. Joshua tells them to adhere to the standard, which means we must have a fear of God. We must have a fear of God. There are a lot of people who think they can just play with God like he's on their level. But I stopped by to tell you, God is not on our level. He sits high and he looks low. And last time I checked, we below him. We are not on God's level. God is not to be played with. The God of the Bible is a God of love and he's a God of wrath. Amen? Amen. If we adhere to the standard of God, then we must humble ourselves and acknowledge that number one, that we are a sinner headed for eternal death without him. If you don't know Jesus Christ by now, if you've been hearing all the word of God, you've been hearing that Jesus died, he was buried and resurrected, and you still are unsaved, you got a pride issue. That's all it is. You serving yourself. The middle of pride, the word pride is I. And ironically, the beginning of idol is I. And in the middle of sin, the word sin is I. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you got a pride problem. That's it. It's pretty simple. You are a sinner who thinks that you're on the throne. You know, God had to humble me. I'm going to tell you, God humbled me real quick. I had a dream that my friend Kaya was going to die. I was about 15 years old. I told my friend Kaya, he's from East Coast Crip, I said, Man, if you don't get right with the Lord, you're going to die. I said, I "I ain't even right with the Lord. I need to repent. You need to get right with the Lord. I said, I had a dream that you was going to die. I told him the dream. I told it to my twin sister, and I told it to my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. I told this dream to her. Two months later, two months later, the dream came to pass. I never seen a dream like that until recent. But the point I'm trying to make is God, he warns people in all sorts of ways to get their attention that he loves them, that he cares for them, that he don't want them to go to hell, that he don't want them to suffer, that he don't want them to suffer in eternity. But you know what they do? They put the hand up. They put the hand up to God. Why do they do that? Because they love darkness rather than the light. That's why. They love darkness. They love, the, they love the dark. We have to have a healthy fear of the Lord. We shall love him. We shall obey him. Not only are we to adhere to the standard, we are to actively serve him. The Bible says serve him in sincerity and in truth. The word sincerity there conveys the idea of complete. We are to serve the Lord completely. Not half, not three quarter, not 99%. Completely. We are all to serve him completely. Completely. Then the word truth there, it conveys the idea not only of truth, but also of firmness, of firmness. We are to serve God firmly without compromise. We got to serve him firmly. What does that look like? The storms of life are raging. We're going to stand. We're going to stand firm. I don't care if your wife, your husband, your children forsake the Lord, we're going to stand. You have to decide that you're going to serve the Lord. You have to decide no matter if your whole family forsake the Lord, you're going to serve them. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What does that look like? Somebody in your family don't want to serve the Lord? Get over 18? Want to worship idol gods? It's time to go. We going to serve the Lord in this house. We ain't going to be chanting. We ain't going to be calling on no other idol. god. We ain't calling on no other God, but the God that saves. And if you got a problem with that, get from underneath the grace of God and let your idol God supply all your needs according to no riches in glory. Amen. But we as a family... Have to take a stand. Joshua took a stand. He says, As he ain't, he ain't worried about nobody else. He said, As for me and my house, we gonna serve the Lord. You know, many of us here, you might have a, a, a child that up, up, up the road, they might veer off. You know, they wanna go serve idol gods. You gotta put them in check with the word. Put them in check with the word. Don't let nothing slide in your house. Oh no, give them the word. What you doing? What you doing? Uh uh-uh. uh. We believe in the God of the Bible around here. If you don't believe in Him, you got enough to believe already. We didn't told you where He brought us from. He didn't provided all this food and this shelter, these clothing. Are you trying to tell me that God don't exist? You done lost your mind. You know, that's what happened to Satan. He lost his mind, got the big head, wanted to make his throne above the stars of God. He tripping. The God God created you. If he created you, he he can annihilate you. You know, it's like them old school parents. You know, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. (laughs) Y'all remember that, right? So Joshua, he takes a stand to decide to serve the Lord. Thank you for bearing with me. Let's move up on ahead. We got to stand firmly without compromise. We are to actively serve the Lord with a heart of commitment, without hypocrisy, not wavering. Don't give up. Your husband tripping. He an idler. Hang in there. Pray for him. With the Lord on him. Look, sick the Lord on him. Lord, get him. He fussing, cussing. You just be there quiet praying in the spirit. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, right? He don't even see where God's hitting him from. You know, the other day, honey, you know... I'm worried on my job. You know, God got ways of getting people attention. I almost got hit the other day. Well, thank God you didn't get hit. You know, you got some folk around here that think that they're God, you know, that God don't exist. God is real. No man didn't make no moon, no, no stars, no sun. The God of the Bible made that. But you got, you got this generation, you know, they, they, it's, it's called subjectivism. you know, what they think is really true. Now let's break down this, this theory. So you can think that you ain't got AIDS and really have it, and I guess you don't have it. No, that don't sound right. See, it's a thing called absolute truth. Whether you think the sun is shining or not, it's shining outside. Now, if you go outside on a sunny day and you say it's gloomy outside, that's your subjective truth. I, had a, I, got, a, I got a brother-in-law. He a professor, you know. I won't say his name, but he a professor, uh, University of Howard. And he, he, he came from a God-fearing family, you know, line of preachers in his family. This is, my, this is my brother-in-law by marriage. And so we was talking. He was all caught up in some Egyptian Idol worship stuff, you know, this crazy religion, right? And uh, I said, man, I said, I'm not too, I said, let me talk to you for a second. Can I talk to you? He said, yeah. I said, listen, I said, is the sun absolutely shining today? He said, yes. I said, what if you decided to go outside with all your education and say it's gloomy? Would it still change the fact that the sun is shining? Wouldn't change that fact, right? I said, you know what hell is? You heard of that? He got quiet. I said, you absolutely going to hell if you don't surrender to Jesus Christ. Whether you believe that or not, it's a fact. He got quiet. He got quiet on the phone. I said, man, you need to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. You playing with God. You know better. Caught up in these idol Egyptian guys that you're trying to serve. Got off the phone. My wife's sister called. She called my wife. She said, uh, what did Tony say to, to, to my husband? I almost said his name. And so she said, Tony, what'd you say to uh, brother-in-law? I told him he absolutely going to go to hell if he don't absolutely accept Jesus Christ. He said, yeah, he'd been pacing the flow all day, every day for the past few, few days, scratching his head. And I was wondering what was wrong with him. And I finally got out of him. You know, I knew something that your husband must have said to him. See, we got to be bold. We got to start telling our family members that's going to hell. You're going to hell if you don't accept Jesus Christ. God don't want you to go to hell. He loves you. He cares for you just like I do. Amen. So Joshua, let's go, up the, let's go up the road. So Joshua tells the people, if you're going to decide to serve the Lord, there can, you must guard your heart. We must guard our hearts. How do we guard our heart? He says, put away idol gods. Put away idol gods. That way conveys the, That word conveys the idea to set aside or depart. We must depart from idolatry. We must depart from sin. Joshua tells the people the Lord's standard to fear him, be faithful to him, and to forsake all other God. God wants an exclusive relationship. You know, not like these days, inclusive. Nuh uh. God wants exclusive. He don't want to share, he don't want no two timing on him. Amen. Y'all know what two timing is, right? God wants He wants our hearts, He wants us to be married only to Him, engaged to Him serve no other god amen the bible in exodus chapter 20 verse 3 it says thou shalt not have no other gods before me why because the lord is a jealous god so the people heard what joshua said and they received the word of the lord as a standard found in and this is found in verse 16 through 18 21 through 24 that's the reception joshua warns the people How serious it is to serve the Lord. He tells them if they don't forsake idol gods, right? This is what he tells them in verses 25. He tells them, He says, Your sins will not be forgiven. He said, If you reject what I'm telling you, your sins won't be forgiven. Your sins won't be forgiven. Let's check it out. Let's check out what he says. That. Here we go. Before we go, there, I want to I show you something. Look at verse 22. And Joshua said unto the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. When we witness to someone, you want to tell them all what the Lord has told you. So they can't be, you ain't going to get no get out of jail free card. Uh Uh-uh, you were told. God going to remind them when he told them. Now look at this. Verse 19, and Joshua said unto the people, you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins right there. Joshua reminds him of the standard. You got to fear the Lord, be faithful to the Lord, and forsake idol worship. There's a lot of idol worship going on. Let's look at verse 25 through 28. This is the covenant. Look at the, look at the covenant between the people. So Joshua made covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of god and took a great stone and set it up under an oak that was by the sanctuary oh man you know the old preachers used to say you know when you preach or teach you should be able to take a beaten path to the cross every page of scripture takes you to to the cross you know i thought about this right here this covenant Now, there's some background that I'm going to share with you, and and hopefully you guys can see where I'm going. Shechem was the very place that God had first made a covenant with Abraham, and that's found in in Genesis chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. It was Shechem. That's where God made a covenant with Abraham. And when, when God made a covenant with Abraham, you know what he did? He built an altar to worship the Lord. He built an altar made of wood to worship the Lord. Now, the reason why I bring this up, notice that Joshua, he brings the people back to the very beginning where it all began. He brought them to the beginning of the covenant. And, you know, in order for someone to come to Christ, in order for someone to receive eternal life, we have to take them to the. Back to the beginning of the covenant. Notice that in these verses, there's a stone and there's a tree. It took a stone, took the word of God, a stone and a tree to establish a covenant. Turn with me so you guys can see it even better. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to make it plain and I'm almost done. First Peter chapter two. Verse seven and eight. Verse six, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief corner stone elect precious, And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. But unto them that which be disobedient, the stone which the builder disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. We're almost done. Matthew chapter 21. Verse 42. Jesus said unto them, did you never read the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner that is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in your eyes. Therefore, say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruit thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on but on whomever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Jesus, over two thousand years ago, He's the stone that the builders rejected. It's the same covenant. You got to go back to the same place, not under a tree, but on a tree. You got to go to the same place where the rock was placed on the tree. On behalf of you and and I. Jesus, the stone in which the builders rejected. They hung him wide. They, They stretched him wide, hung him high. Why? The Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Don't let the stone fall on you. Don't let the stone fall on you. If the stone falls on you, that's God's judgment. You've been warned. Fall on the stone. Humble yourself. Decide today. It's time. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. Oh, God, if there's someone here... That have not fallen on your stone. On you, the stone. We pray, O God, that they humble themselves. We thank you, O God, that you made a way. You will that none perish but all come to salvation. The warnings has been given. It's time to decide. It's time to decide even if this nation is divided. It's time to decide even... If this nation forsakes you, Lord. Shall we be as Joshua, Lord, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your message. We thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's word. If you have any questions